Synthetic fertilizer was critical to boosting food production and feeding people around the world. However, it comes at a cost. Student journalists from the universities of Florida and Missouri spent 16 weeks reporting on the fertilizer industry and its benefits and harms. This investigative series tackles topics from the discovery of nitrogen and phosphorus to their manufacturing supersized chemical plants along the Mississippi River, to evaluating future solutions for food production and dealing with chemical waste. I'm Elliot Trito, your host. Working with me is fellow recent UF Journalism graduate Julia Cooper. Together, we'll be speaking with some of our fellow journalists for a look into our reporting on chemical production that feeds the world and also harms it. This is the Price of Plenty podcast, a How We Did It production. In this episode, I spoke with Mizzou student Josie Heimsoth about her reporting that covers greenhouse gas emissions from nitrogen fertilizers and their cost to the environment. Here's Josie. My name is Jocelyn Heimsoth. Um, I go by Josie in print, um, but I'm a senior at the University of Missouri, and I'm studying journalism and environmental science with a focus in environmental journalism. Um, the story that I reported for for this project, it focused on the greenhouse gas emissions that kind of go on throughout fertilizers life cycle. So it starts like in the factory and then it makes its way transported to the fields and then the fields go all the way into the Mississippi River and then empty into the Gulf of Mexico's dead zone. So yeah, my story just kind of mapped where all those emissions are occurring and all the different emissions that are released during those processes and overall how that has affected um, the air and air pollution and whatnot. <laughs> well, as you guys, our stories are kind of talking about the uh, Donaldsville plant and uh, the nitrogen production and all that fun stuff. So I wanted to know, um, was this a kind of story that you were personally interested in or was it something that was like brought to your attention that you wanted to write about? Ooh, um, I think it definitely was a mix of both. Um, I was definitely interested in writing a story that kind of focused on greenhouse gas emissions, especially since that's like a very ongoing environmental issue. And I was interested in seeing how it affected different areas around the country. So being able to see how all these different greenhouse gases kind of play a role in affecting our climate and especially in different locations, that was really fascinating to me. And um, I think I also kind of wanted to challenge myself with this article and kind of look at a bunch of different studies and also interpret those into a way that, you know, is easy for people to read. Um, yeah, I haven't had the chance to like, work on a story that was very study, very number heavy. And so I think this was definitely a very big challenge for me, but also like it was very good because I feel like now I'm a lot more confident when it comes to writing about studies. And, um, but also like making sure that you bring a narrative and stuff like that and make it more compelling for people. I think that can be very challenging, especially if you're writing a science story. And so whenever interviewing my sources, just trying to like paint a vivid picture, but also bringing those numbers into the study and kind of like taking people on this journey, I feel like it can be 
very intimidating at first, but overall, I think this definitely helped me get over a fear of mine and helped me tackle it head on. I think you brought up a lot of good points because like, you know, the average person, I would say maybe American, if so, like is very scared by math and very scared by science. So I think you do a good point and, but you still want to take away from this and make um, the statistics easier for people to read. Um, but one thing that kind of, um, kind of goes into my next question, which is um, how do you want people to take away from this? Like what is something that from your research and from the evidence you found, what do you want people to take away from your story? Oh, um, I think definitely a lot of things. I think that um, it brought up the topic of like, like I said, there's so many different greenhouse gas emissions that kind of play into the story. There's carbon dioxide, there's methane. But I think that a very underrated greenhouse gas that we don't talk about hardly at all, like I haven't seen hardly any reporting on it, at least like people talking about it in the media was nitrous oxide. Like, I feel like that's something that's very underrated and it's so much more potent than carbon dioxide. And so, and the fact that that gas, it had the most emissions in agriculture or the most nitrous oxide emissions are coming from agriculture. And so overall, like just understanding nitrous oxide and realizing that it's not just it's not coming from the factories, it's mainly coming from the soil. And it's just really interesting because I, I study soil. So this was kind of a way to kind of incorporate like a bunch of my different areas of study and kind of put them together and understand a bigger picture because, hey, like soil health is really important. And we got to be able to spend time in prioritizing it because we're not only like, damaging the soil with nitrogen fertilizer if we use too much of it, but also it's releasing a lot of nitrous oxide and so much of it is can just easily be preventable by using less fertilizer. So I think that's one of the biggest points in my story. And I think it's also kind of cool, like you, you have an advantage of like you're studying soil and you're writing the stories. So you're able to kind of like I've been making this joke a lot during the podcast, but you're kind of like Hannah Montana, you know, bringing the best of both worlds into this and tr trying to get into this. So I, I do think that that's really cool and taking advantage of this. And yeah, like writing the story was, you know, obviously we're both covering the same thing about nitrogen in this plant um, and how it's like pumping so much of just really toxic air into this, but it's also still something where it's like, you know, it, it, it's for a reason, you know, it's going to sound weird, but, you know, people are not, you know, what's being put out there is not healthy for the environment, but people are also not really environmental friendly in general on the earth, but we need this to survive. We need this for everyday items and stuff like this. So that's the, really the, that's the, that's the big uh, gray area we're, we're facing with these uh, series of articles, but also just the reality we live in. So um, no, I, I could not agree more. And um, that kind of goes to my next question, which is kind of like, um, Kind of goes with um, the two reporting trips uh, that we went on. Uh, we went to Bartow, Florida um, to visit the mosaic plant, which kind of has more like a phosphate um, uh, side to it. But then we went to Donaldsville. We were just seeing the nitrogen part. Um, so obviously you and I can agree that like we personally like going to New Orleans a little bit more because that definitely helped with our story more. But what I wanted to kind of get from you was that um, from taking those two trips, um, how did that both benefit your story? 
Um, I definitely think that um, when it comes to like both trips and stuff, it was really interesting seeing, um, again, like a perspective from almost like two different industries. Like we're seeing like phosphate mining and that was the main focus of like the Bartow trip. But then like looking at New Orleans and we see all these industries all lined up together and all of them are either um, different companies or they're producing nitrogen fertilizer and just seeing them all together and um, all doing the same thing and how this affects communities. It, it's kind of like a, it's an eye-opening experience and you get to see how it directly affects the people that are living there and the science that is there and basically how it all connects up to the Midwest where all the fertilizer is being laid down. You just, it like, it puts you in a completely different perspective um, because obviously like, you know, like from like science articles and you like, oh, like the Midwest is contributing to all of this pollution down in the Gulf. But I feel like people don't really fully understand it until they're in the shoes of like seeing it all firsthand and get to like hear people's stories up close in the environment that they live in and where they experience this kind of environmental injustice every single day. I feel like that really like puts it into, oh, like this is what I should be telling. This is the message that I should be conveying. And just letting them kind of lead the story is so important. And I feel like we were very lucky to be able to go on these trips and experience that firsthand. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess like in regards to like how it impacted my story specifically, um, I want to say like, um, since mine like talks about um, air pollution, but like specifically with greenhouse gas emissions, they they kind of like go together. Um, I don't necessarily specifically talk about like the health effects that go into air pollution, but the greenhouse gases that kind of come from it, but also getting the idea that like, hey, like, all of this pollution does affect people. It can make you feel like you have like a burning sensation in your throat or you get all stuffed up or, I mean, everybody experiences it differently, but like being in that area and all of that, just seeing it all and hearing from um, Wilma Subra and stuff like that. It was very nice to be able to hear from her specifically. Yeah, you brought up a good point about Wilma because she was someone that was bringing up about the the worries of this kind of thing. And we personally, like you said, we personally experienced it too. Like after seeing all these, um, you know, just kind of like driving around and seeing the different plants yes. and across uh, Donaldsville, um, we felt it too. Like our eyes were watery, like it was kind of itchy. Uh, my skin was, I, 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 my skin was, was, was a little itchy after med. And yeah. um, I had, like this weird feeling in my throat too. Like I remember, like I think we stopped at the gas station or something, and I'm like, I, I felt kind of dizzy too. Like I, I kind of felt like very like lightheaded. Um, you know, I, it was kind of mild still, but it was kind of like that thing where it, it when everyone's kind of feeling the same thing, it that's when you kind of raise an eyebrow. Like it's kind of like yes. interesting. Okay, since we're talking about this trip, um, so what lessons did you take away from this project? That's a really good question. I think the biggest um, thing for me was really like, I guess like one thing that was really 
helpful to me was whenever like I was interviewing my sources I was trying to you know get an idea of this big life cycle that nitrogen fertilizer kind of goes through like you know like from the factory from the fields and then to the gulf I guess like whenever I was doing my reporting and stuff I kind of was looking for them like kind of explaining the story in a very similar way or at least like getting all the main points like while doing my reporting I'm almost kind of fact checking to make sure that kind of what I got from previous sources was kind of like the right idea. Like, yes, like this is how the life cycle works. These are all the gases that are released during those times. And this is, and this is how much that there is. And yeah, I think just kind of like whenever I was doing my reporting was also like trying to be consistent and make sure that I'm understanding the full picture and not missing anything. Like if there's new information that they have to offer, like, that's great. Like, that's just another like cool point in the story that I can include. But um, yeah, I think that was one of the main things. And I normally I never had to do it with a story before because I've never just had a story like this. But I think like just like overall, like how I handled the studies and stuff, whenever like incorporating several different studies into one piece, I think I had like maybe I don't even know. I had like 10 sitting on my on my desk at one point and I just kind of had to go through and be like, okay, like what information do I like I absolutely need for the story and then which study do I have to sadly sadly like part ways with. And just kind of like incorporate all of the biggest information and all the most useful and impactful information and then put it into the story. I think that was very difficult for me, especially since, I mean, I had been studying this topic, like for the last like five months, there can be points where I'm just like, oh, like maybe like the average person might find this interesting, but then and like, but then I'm like, oh, like I've seen this point like so many times, like I don't really need to include it, but it's just like kind of being aware, like, um, or get like a new fresh of eyes kind of in your story at all times especially since you're working on a story for so long you kind of just um get like like neat don't even realize so I guess like always incorporating like fresh eyes into it so that way people can see it and be like oh like I'm more interested in learning about this point that you mentioned here like I feel like you don't talk about that enough it kind of just like opens your eyes and you're just like oh like yeah maybe I should kind of focus on that a little bit more and maybe give people like a better idea so I think like overall with this project it was very helpful to like call my mom in or like call my dad in or call a family member and be like hey um what information in here kind of like stands out to you what do you want to hear more about what are you confused about very science heavy stories can easily be um can easily be really confusing so I think that was one thing that I learned and took away a lot of for this because I mean yeah like I've written a story about like that has like a study or two in it but this story definitely the most and um yeah I think it was just very challenging to kind of work all of them in and make them all make sense especially since they're kind of leading the story as well and not just the people yeah, when you're, to, when you're trying to make a story for people that 
you're trying to make it personal, you're trying to make it interesting and you're trying to get people to care really. And I think that's the yeah. big goal too. So, cause there's obviously so many issues going around the world, but obviously when writing stuff, we want to make it more personal or trying to get it more, obviously organic, but I think it's also just to make, say, say like, Hey, this is something that you should, um, you should like, this is something serious that you should care about. That is sort of being talked about, but not being talked about enough. And that's the point of journalism in, in a way. Absolutely. So, so my last question for you is, is a pretty basic one, which is, is there anything that you want to mention about the article that I didn't bring up that you think is important or maybe something that didn't make the final cut in the article that you think is important to provide maybe like a little bit more context? Like, like, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the biggest takeaways from my story is that despite all of these different greenhouse gas emissions be emitted at several different places across the United States. Um, there are solutions that we can do. And I specifically talked to a research at the University of Cambridge who focused on solutions specifically for slowing down nutrient pollution as well as um, lowering greenhouse emissions. And he basically used the whole study to talk about technologies that we already have access to and stuff that we can easily incorporate. Like, um, like for example, like using less fertilizer on fields, like just doing your research and knowing like how much fertilizer to use on land for that specific crop is so important and it can go such a long way. Um, and overall, like the different technologies that can be offered to um, different fertilizer industries. Though there are like short term solutions stuff, like I think like blue ammonia and carbon capture and storage, um, I think that our overall goal um, should be green ammonia. And yeah, it takes time and it takes money. But overall, if we take that step and kind of go forward and making that happen, I feel like it can make such a difference and um and I feel like it just needs to happen like not only for the sake of our soils and for the food industry but also for climate change I think it's very important to have because those things are linked yeah, yeah. and I think um you know pardon the pun but I think when we plant that seed um we start like a conversation going on and rolls over and maybe turns into like a snowball effect so um yeah no i could not agree more and i know i'm gonna sound like a broken record but i think that once more people start talking about this and then it starts like the same headlines start to kind of circulate then people will go okay maybe this is a reoccurring issue and this is something that's interesting to have because i think when it's you put one article out there it's like okay interesting when there's multiple it's kind of like okay multiple people are like okay yeah more of this <laughs> happening so which is but, it, <laughs> yeah. but but in a good there's a there's a positive i think out of that it opens up light to conversations and then it gets people concerned and you know so that's what that's why we do this so um no and i again i think that's really important i personally i never thought about thinking about soil but now um you know i'm kind of interested in knowing about that because we, we need soil that's how we eat that's how um you know earthworms use it to i'm going to sound very ignorant so i apologize you're the one you're the soil you're the <laughs> soil expert but um it's important for like you know earthworms to decomp uh decompose everything it's 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 important we need it and if we don't need it we go bye-bye unfortunately um so <laughs> yeah. yeah 
that's a way of, that's a the one to end the <laughs> that's a way to end end the end the episode on that but um uh, but yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for for joining us today and telling us about your story and just um just thank you again for sharing your um your your story and your your journey. Yes, thank you so much for talking with me this morning. It was really fun. That was Josie Heimsoth on nitrogen fertilizers and greenhouse gas emissions. Join us next time where we conclude our behind-the-scenes look at our project, The Price of Plenty, with UF reporters Abigail Haysbrook and Sarah Sowers. The Price of Plenty was funded by a grant funded from the Pulitzer Center's Nationwide Connected Coastlines Reporting Initiative. The Price of Plenty is led by Associate Professor Sarah Hiles at the University of Missouri and environmental journalist Cynthia Barnett at the University of Florida, with assistance from the Arizona Republic's Joan Miners. This episode was produced and edited by Julia Cooper and Elliot Trito. I'm Elliot Trito, and this is the Price of Plenty Podcast. <laughs>